TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 371, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Greg. I'm a TV enthusiast from St. Louis. And this is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Thank you guys for showing up. Appreciate it. Let's start off with the news. The illustrious leader of The Walking Dead of all branches has decided that he wants to do another Walking Dead spinoff. No. Really? <laughs> I, act- I actually think it has to do with the second part of the news, which is that Lauren Cohan has uh, signed on to a pilot because they would not, they had a contract dispute. Uh, her contract is over and um, both the guys. <laughs> she wanted money and they wouldn't give it to her. Basically. I mean, both uh, Andrew Lincoln and Norma Reedus got about $500,000 per episode agreement for their contract and Lauren Cohan apparently couldn't get any kind of pay disparity, meaning they wouldn't match her pay. I mean, pay equity, pay equity. Thank you. That's what I meant to say. Pay equity. And, uh, so she was like, screw you guys. And she signed on to a pilot. Now there's an article saying that they don't believe that that means that she's not going to be in the show or whatever. And I mean, part of it is that, they might be able to get her to agree to be a guest star if if her show goes up. But they're basically gambling that her pilot's not going to go, is really what they're gambling on. But I think that she's shown that she's serious uh, by signing on to this pilot. Uh, Not only that, but there have been been other examples of women who found out who were displeased with pay and equity and basically said, you know, no, I don't have time. Ain't nobody got time for this and left. Exactly. And I mean, and that's pretty much what she's saying. She's, she's like, I, I mean, cause they've set her up to be the new leader. I mean, she, they're, everybody's going to the hilltop now. She's the head of the hilltop. So Rick's not in charge. She's in charge. And right. in that situation, why is she not getting paid? Uh, so I get her point. Uh, yeah. next... Especially, especially, I mean, Norman Reedus, I know that he's a popular character, but it's not like he's had a lot of screen time. He doesn't you do know. anything on that show other than screw stuff up. But that's that's he a whole other smolders. thing. <laughs> let's smolders. Go, let's go through and finish the news before we get on that. Uh, Kerry Washington and Reese Witherspoon have agreed to star in a series called uh, Little Fires Everywhere. And they're both going to executive produce. And right now it's a bidding war between like HBO and Netflix and all those guys to see who gets who lands the series. Like they're not going to have a problem. But, uh, so that series is, it's going straight to series. They're just going to make it and then try to sell it. Uh, Tom, you have some news. I have a bunch of news. The Magician is, Magicians has been renewed for season four by Sci-Fi. Uh, I've been digging this season, but we'll get to, we'll get there. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, M. Night Shyamalan is going to produce a straight to series thriller for Apple. Uh, it's been picked up for 10 half hour episodes and they're not telling us anything about it. How are we <laughs> supposed to watch stuff on Apple? 
That's all I want to know. What's their format? I'm sure they'll let us know and how much it's going to cost. Okay. I'm not doing um, it. <laughs> HBO has renewed High Maintenance and Crashing for season three. Both of them. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth is going to star in Trial and Error season two at NBC. How they got a second season of that, I'll never know. Um, <laughs> Superstore has also been renewed for season four at NBC. You know, that's a show that I like that I really need to watch more because Peter's yeah. been singing the praise. I watched a uh, bunch of them airplane. Yeah, it's all right. Okay. I like it. I, I'm an America Forever fan. Tiffany Hoddish is going to star in a Netflix animated series, Tuca and Birdie, from the BoJack Horseman team. Oh, okay. Hoddish. And then Netflix's Sabrina the Teenage Witch series has cast Chance Perdomo, Michelle Gomez, and also Miranda Otto. And Mar- Miranda Otto is going to play Aunt Zelda. Uh, I can't this possibly is... be good. Say what? I can't possibly be good. Well, it's from Berlanti, and it may or may not cross over with Riverdale, which is going to be interesting because Riverdale oh. is a CW and this isn't. But it's Berlanti, so, you know, he's a mad genius. He'll figure it out. Oh, uh, mad way... genius is a strong word, but continue. I said mad genius. That's yes, I I know, but I'm saying that's a strong word. I don't know if I agree with that, but go ahead. Dude, how many how many shows does he I have know, but that network? that's my problem. They're not all of them are mediocre. None of them are good anymore. Well, no. The first two seasons are really strong, and then the third season is iffy, and by fourth season it turns into poop. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right or wrong? Um, I'm just dissatisfied with all of his stuff right now, but go ahead. And oh, I'm still into Legends. Okay, go ahead. And then, uh, by the way, Karen Sherpka from uh, from Mad Men is playing the titular role in that series. I'll be interested. It's got a good cast. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Like you said, the first season might be good, but then after that, it's all downhill. But continue. More news. That's it. That's it. All That's right. It. Well, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead's uh, season eight mm-hmm. mid-season premiere. Oh, you're booing already? Yes. Mid-season premiere. All right, go ahead, Greg. What did you think? Oh, well, you know, you know, you know, you got characters who have been around since the first season. And um, I think a lot of the popularity with the show is you know, also stems from people who really like the comics. And so I know there have been some departures from the comics, you know, with regards to some of the characters and things, but to have, yeah, Andrea, you know, that sort of thing. And, but, you know, but Carl is a key character in the comics. And so to actually have that character die just for continuity plot reasons. I mean, you know, Gimbal was on, you know, the talking dead afterwards and said the reason why, um, you know, they're, you know, they were decided to kill Carl was because they needed a reason for Rick not to kill Negan. Um, and I guess in a, you know, visual drama series, I guess that was the best way that they could think. I don't think that was the best way. I think that was Gimbel's lazy way, but that's just my opinion. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. No, (laughs) yes. Um, but I just think I don't know. It's it's um it's one of those things where um, I understand where the comics went, um, but for me, um, just the entire visceral episode of Negan killing uh, both Glenn and um, Abraham. Abraham, uh, I don't think that Negan is redeemable, and I think any time that they spend 
uh, on an hour long episode trying to redeem him is not worth my time. So I think yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I'm just not. I'm just not season. interested. I, I mean, to be honest, I'm not interested in Negan being redeemed at all. Uh, I find his character like I like the actor, but that he's playing the character about twenty percent too high for me. And he's so evil, like, there's no redeeming quality to him at all. Uh, and the only time I've ever seen just a glimmer of a real person is when he talks to Carl. And now you've killed Carl, so right, that's just gone. And, yeah, I think uh, killing Carl was a huge mistake. I think uh, Gimple didn't see far enough down the line, and I don't think he really realized how much... One, the cast is attached to Chandler because he got a lot of anger from the cast by killing by killing off uh, Carl's character. Uh, and I think he got more of that than he anticipated because he's like, people die on the show all the time. And sometimes people are upset, but nobody, he usually doesn't get real backlash. But he got some serious backlash from this. And I don't think he realized how much the fans really view Carl I mean watching this character grow up on on our screens it, he's different than just any other character I mean Glenn and Abraham hurt Sasha hurt but this was just and then to make it last so long so like he kills Carl over two episodes three episodes <laughs> Carl got bit at 806 and he doesn't actually die until 809 so that's right. three four episodes of him well, just slowly dying yeah, I can kind of there, – there's so many characters, and sometimes you have to do, you know, an episode, you know, focusing on a single character. So I, I understand why it would take that long, but – No, but, but now, I mean he could have he could have also done it at the mid-season finale, but he wanted a whole episode. Like, I mean, I feel like Chandler's character deserves to have a showcase, but it just also – all of it just makes me angry, like the whole thing. But let's talk about the good in the episode because there was some good which was uh, Morgan and um, Carol. Like, their team-up was fantastic. So what do you think about that? Oh, my gosh. Like, Morgan is going completely off the deep end. I do not know if he's like – he He honestly, I think we got a, uh, we got an inkling that he feels like he's invincible now. Right. He thinks and, he's the yeah. Terminator, right, right? Yeah, he's the survivor. And so there were even uh, – there was even, like, uh, one situation where, you know, they took out some of the guards or whatever and then – uh, even Carol was like, you know, don't worry about them, leave them. And he's like, and he wouldn't leave them. He had to go kill them all. Well, because and, he's got the he's got the obsession. He's got a clear. Like I kept waiting for him to say clear, uh, but that is a compulsion for him that he has to clear. And the fact that he can distinguish friend from foe is impressive. So that's like pushing his control that he can tell friend from foe. But he has to clear. Like, that's just where his head is at. Uh, I know you saw from a mile away that the kid was going to end up, you know, killing. Um, well, because he all the hesitation. If if Morgan yeah. had just walked up, like, he did the creepy serial killer thing where he was, like, walking slow and that guy was running. Like, that was awesome. If he had just walked up to him and killed him on the spot, it'd be one thing. But he was like, I'm going to make you stand over here where there's a dark corner here. You stand here. I'm going to back up and come over here. And then all these other characters are going to come and talk to me and try to talk to me out of killing you. Like it was very staged. Like that right. bit was super staged 
And if I was like, well, why is he putting him in that corner? Well, why are they all talking? Like, there was so much that right. wasn't he killed all the other people pretty quick. Except yeah. for the guy, of course, that he reached inside of his guts. Oh, my God. That was so awesome. Right. <laughs> that that actually, I verbally, like, I had been crying the whole episode. And then they get to that part. And I was like, whoa, you know, so that really threw, that was good that they were cutting back and forth because it gave you a break from the stuff that was going on in the other storyline. And that was fan. That was a really fantastic moment. That, uh, and it just, it also really made you realize how far gone, uh, he is. He's so yeah, far but even, gone. But even going back to that, going back to the Gimple thing, it's like, okay, so now Morgan is supposed to go to, um, um, you know, fear the walking dead. Right. And so losing another season one character. And now we've got the whole thing up in the air with Lauren Cohen, because she's doing a pilot for another series. She's not happy with her pay on the show. You right. know, and I, although she's well, a season I th- two, character, I, I think so Rick and Carol are going to be the only ones left from season one. And Daryl, oh, you forgot about Daryl. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not mad at you because I forget about him too. But I think that's also why they're doing the spinoff because they next season they're gonna have to nego- they they have to renegotiate the contracts for Denai Guerrera and um, McBride who plays Carol. Both of their contracts are up next year, so they'd have to renegotiate both of them. Plus, the contracts they signed for Andy and Norman are up as well because they only signed two year contracts. So they're going to have four main characters out of contract next year. Uh, How long do they expect this show to go on? I don't know, but I'm just saying I think because they know they're having such a hard time with Lauren and they've got two other women that they're probably not willing to pay as well coming their contracts ending. And so they're like, okay, well, if all of this goes to crap and the show ends up getting canceled, let's have another spinoff ready. So I think that's what the whole other spinoff discussion is about is because they're looking down to next year and all these people are going to be out. Like half the cast is going to be out of contract. So they might, AMC just might be like, all right, put it, put a fork in it. Um, yeah, they but should, they should they should have had an exit strategy plan. Yes, they yeah they and they don't. Yeah, yeah there's a really turning have... in Lost. It really is. <laughs> well, Lost actually had an end, and they knew they yeah, just didn't they know just, when they, they they didn't stick the landing. Yeah, yeah but, but they also didn't. <laughs> My point is, they didn't know they had it in. They just didn't know when it was going to happen. This show literally doesn't have an end. So, uh, and I I don't. Trust that Gimple is smart enough to figure out a satisfying end. So. Game of Thrones has an end. I know. Yeah. Other shows have plans. Like this show, they plan to go until the wheels fell off. Like that's their plan. Anyway, let's let's move on before I get angry about this. Okay. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about here and now. And when I say we are, I mean Tom is because he watched it and nobody else did. Yeah. Uh, what what uh, channel is this on? This is on HBO. This is Alan Ball's newest series. Um, he, of course, won the Oscar for writing American Beauty, and then his big hits were uh, Six Feet Under and then uh, uh, True, True Blood. Blood. This is, it's kind of, it kind of, it starts ostensibly as kind of a family drama, but it's got like this supernatural twist 
Holly Hunter and uh, Tim Robbins are a married couple. He uh, the the pilot episode centers on his 60th birthday, so of course he's he you know he's got issues. He's you know having some kind of post midlife crisis, and he's frequent frequenting a prostitute, and um, she of course is a controlling mom. the The hook for this show is they have four children three adopted one biological the three adopted children are in no particular order asian african and latino so and are you the, saying the they're youngest, brad pitt, pitt pitt and uh what's her name well but they're they're all of them are grown the youngest is 17 and she's their biological daughter okay but um the kind of inc- kind of the inciting incident for the series is that the latino the gay latino son keep seeing 1111 everywhere and um he's he has this dream slash vision of 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 a woman and her young son on the beach and then the woman uh, brings her hand up to her face and starts scratching through the skin and releasing yeah. blood which was which was very creepy but when his mom refers him to a shrink it turns out that the shrink is the little boy in the picture and the woman is his mother. So we, we're not sure how everything connects. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's weird. Um, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's got a great cast. One of the strongest things for it is the cast. All the kids are cast. Well, um, the Asian, the, the Asian son evidently is abstaining from sex for reasons. We're not quite sure of right now. Uh, the African daughter is a hot, works at like a fashion magazine or something, and then uh, she brings home one of the models, and the two of them plus the Asian brother get high, and then the model ends up uh, deflowering the seventeen-year-old who, for inexplicable reasons, is wearing a a rubber horse's head to Dad's sixtieth birthday party. Don't ask. It's it's strange. Go with it. Uh, and then so, uh, the Latino sons having the, vi- the Latino sons having the visions, and of course, the Anglo biological daughter is you know she's very reminiscent of the daughter from Six Feet Under okay. in terms of you know rebel. She's rebelling. She's she's portrayed fairly positively, and she's kind of the audience's window in. Uh, you know, oh, mom and dad made our family look like a United Colors of Benetton ad. Um, there was a really interesting thing at school, which has uh, they've been has been one of the plot threads that basically the Anglo it's kind of the Anglo kids versus the ethnic minority kids, and the Anglo kids can't understand you know why why can't we show up to this meeting? It's like you're the reason we're having this meeting. But okay, um, I mean it's interesting. It's hard to describe. I, I can tell because I still haven't figured out exactly what's going on. But uh, it's, my question is, why don't you watch a couple more episodes and then let us know when you can definitively land on is it worth us watching? Definitely. Okay. All right. That, that's what I feel happy with. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Lucifer. And this week's episode, I liked it, but I was also I was a little annoyed because Aminadel and uh, whatever the shrink's name is, uh, I like their relationship and them breaking up just because, I mean, Maze isn't wrong that she should have kind of cleared it with a friend before she dated the ex-boyfriend of the friend. Like that, that breaks the girlfriend role. 
But right. they're together. They've been together. They're happy. She found out about it. They all came clean. I feel like she should not have forced them to break up. Like, once they've already done it, then you let it go, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was just a total scene about, oh, it's not you, it's me. I was like, uh. Yeah, I didn't like their breakup. I thought it was kind of lame. Yeah, I thought that was just like, I don't know. It, it seemed like a, a writer's thing where we don't know where this is going, so we're just going to end it. Yeah, I mean, they did it. I think they did it just to make Maze mad. Like, I felt like that's why they did it, and they didn't expect them to have that much chemistry and kind of get along as well. And then once they actually became a real couple, then they were like, uh, break them up? Like, yeah, I feel like that's, like, they, they went into the relationship without a plan. Right. And it makes Maze look really petty. Uh, so I didn't appreciate that because, yeah, I just, yeah, I didn't appreciate that. But uh, yeah. Lucifer and the other plot, go ahead. Yeah, and the other plot, which was like Lucifer had a block because he can't, he can't figure out how to defy his father and actually kill Cain. And... Um, and so he thinks that by doing this like family re- or this, I'm sorry, class reunion thing, uh, because the writer apparently had a block and got over her block and wrote a final book that he was going to. Those two somehow things are quit. not connected at all. Having writer's block and not having being able to figure out how to defy your father is not those two things are not similar at all. So <laughs> that was really kind of annoying that he tried to make it seem that way. Right. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it. Yeah, and I actually thought that um, the Clash reunion, because I kind of saw it, you know, the first time, you know, I actually kind of saw it while I was airing and it was in the other room. And I'm like, oh, this looks like a pretty interesting extra show. I can't I can't wait to rewatch it on my DVR. And then when I finally rewatched, I was like, oh, this wasn't as funny as I thought it could have been with with him and um, the detective, you know, at a Clash reunion. Although she was really funny, you know, reading. Oh, yeah, she read the books. (laughs) Binging the books and everything. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. I liked her being a fangirl because it's usually him fangirling. So I liked that it was her this time. So that was pretty good. Um, let's wrap that one up. We don't have that much good to say. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the season three premiere of Unreal. And I forgot how much I love this show. Like, I mean, it hasn't been on for a while. And I remembered, oh, yeah, I like Unreal. Like, if you'd asked me, I'd be like, yeah, I like it. But when I was watching the premiere, I was like, oh, my God, I love this show. And Quinn and Rachel, their relationship is the solid foundation. It is 100% the reason why the show works. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Well, I've got to I've got to say, you, you browbeat me into watching this show. <laughs> and I binged first season in one day. It was like crack. Yes. So good. Um, I watched the the premiere with my wife, and she loved it too. It's so dark and disturbing. Um, They're back in form. Last season was okay. I I find it fascinating that they had an African-American suitor before you really had a black bachelorette. Right. And we still have yet to have a black bachelor. But the, the twist this season is we have a female suitor, and she's played by Caitlin Fitzgerald, formerly of Masters of Sex. She played... Uh, Bill Johnson, the wife was it Bill Masters' wife. Yeah, yeah, which was kind of a thankless role, but she's perfect for this role. Oh my god, she's so and uptight. You kind of like, like, like her, but you kind of hate her too. Yeah, that's what I was actually telling one of my friends. I was like, I'm not sure I like her. Like, I like that she's a strong woman, but 
I'm like, if you sign on to this show, then you know what you're signing on for. And for her to act like it's all a surprise, like, I'm not going to wear this dress because you want me to wear this dress. I'm not going to do this. I was like, come on. You signed out of the show knowing that you what this is. She's seen other seasons. She oh, had, yeah. You know, so her giving mouth to how she's going to defy them was just annoying more than anything else. And well, I, you know that this probably happens in real life. I'm sure that everybody thinks that they're different, that they're not going to let the producers manipulate Mm -hmm. them and all this other stuff. But I also really like uh, Rachel's honesty thing she's taking. (laughs) I thought that was pretty hilarious. And what's his name was like, give it to me, do me, do me. And I was like, dude, you do not want people to be honest with you. Chet is such a, it's interesting because season one, he wasn't, he was not a regular season one, but the actor is so good. Right. That they made him, they made him a regular uh, season two. I mean, and I agree, I like him, but I, I knew that that moment well, you where love, you love to hate him. Yeah, a... well, I don't hate Chet. He's just an idiot. I don't have enough energy to hate him. And, like, <laughs> but the way he treats Quinn, mm-hmm. like, bringing that model in and showing her around, knowing that Quinn's sitting right there, it's not cool. That's not cool, yeah. man. Uh, and then that comment he made to her, like, oh, she's just easier. But only thing that made that not hurt as much is he was really regretful. Like, the way he said it to her was not to be mean. He was just kind of apologetic. He was kind of yeah. like, uh, you know, I can't, you know, you're you're kind of hard to deal with. And, I, and it was kind of like he would love to be with her, but he just doesn't have what it takes to be with her. And he was just like, well, she's just easier. And he's not even saying that he loves her or anything. Oh, no. I thought it was interesting that Jeremy thinks he can try to get back. Oh my God. It's like, dude, you just killed two people. Not only did he, I mean, he attacked her too. I mean, he, he punched her. I know, but I mean, well, he punched her in the face first and attacked her in the, in the, inside the truck. And then they kicked him off the set. And his response is, well, you obviously wanted me to kill those people. She was like, I at no point said I wanted you to kill anyone. You know, so and also that's the other thing that's annoying is he won't take responsibility for killing those people. He's trying to tell her that it's her fault that she asked him to do it. And I'm like, no, she didn't. I saw the episode. You know, it's like, yeah. And and the fact I understand why they hired him back, because, you know, he knows where the bodies are buried and everything. Literally, (laughs) literally. But I just I do just stay away from Rachel. Come on. Oh, he makes me so angry. Like, he, I hate. I hate. Chet, I don't hate. I hate Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the fact that the, the therapist that's supposed to be there for the the suitors or whatever is exactly actually. for Rachel? Yeah, the mom must yeah, have I, hired somebody. At least no, that's I what, think it was probably the network. You think? I don't. Yeah. I got the impression it was the mom. Mainly I got the because, impression was the network. Okay, well, we'll find out by episode two. We shall find out. But I think this is a really solid start to the season. And Return I'm giving it form. Yes, two solid thumbs up. Yeah, I'm totally excited about Unreal. All right, next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us. And this episode, they did not make me cry. Thank you very much. It was actually. It did not make you cry? It did not. It was actually a kind of pleasant episode i mean they all went to vegas Vegas, baby vegas yeah there was there were some emotions happening but none of them were i don't think super tear worthy 
They, uh, the biggest thing was uh, Randall and his wife got into a fight, and, and, a, and a legit fight. Um, yeah, that was kind of shocking a little bit. Yeah, that was the bigger, the biggest fight we've ever seen them in. So I was a little worried, and then the sister tried to like calm everything down, and she made it worse. I was like, oh. <laughs> but I do like the idea of like the in-laws trying to get into the Pearson Big Three. Like, I, I think that that's really interesting. I thought it was really interesting, the backstory between between Kate and Beth. Yeah. Because the the the, the pairing we have seen the least often is Kate and Randall in the press. Oh, and you t- I think you talked about that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it before, but this kind of explains how that happened. Right. And I do, so like, I do like that uh, Kate has always seen how awesome Randall is. I think that's that's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, um, I did like that. Uh, adding that element to their relationship that was really cool. Uh, any other comments, Greg? Because we'll... uh, yeah, yeah, I really like that. You know, that Kate talks about how that her brothers were really her best friends, and that she really doesn't make friends very easily. And so, yeah, there is some sort of jealousy um, between her uh, and Beth because it's kind of like Beth took Randall away from her. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that relationship. But then on the, the flip side, I kind of got mad at the brothers because... Oh, you know, they, they were, ditched? Yeah, they, they were, were being at a bachelor party in Vegas, and they had so much baggage going into the bachelor party, like both of them emotional baggage, that they couldn't even deal with what was going on at the present, which was they were supposed to be, you know, being supportive buddies for their sister's, you know, soon-to-be husband. Right. And they just got caught up in their own crap and then, then didn't realize until the last minute that, hey, um, this is why you were supposed to be here. This is who you were supposed to be supporting. Right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was all. And I liked also the flashback about the big gestures. I thought that was really pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Where we see Jack has had this history of just doing these huge big gestures and how he talks about how he figures out what his big gesture is and what it means and everything. All that was great. Um, so, yeah, the episode just made me smile. I was smiling through the whole thing. Um, I like the revelation. I like the revelation that Beth is just concer- is as concerned about Deja as Randall is. Right. But kind of buries it. She buries it better, right. So what do you guys think is going to happen to Deja? No idea. I have a prediction. Since uh, what's your prediction? My prediction is the mom is is super prideful, would never take money from them necessarily. But what it just occurred to me because their whole thing is they're homeless, and guess who just came into a property with a bunch of apartments? So, oh duh! Yeah, that's why I figure it's going to happen. They're going to give Libya them... pays attention to what's going on <laughs> in the show. <laughs> yeah, you go girl. So let's see if I'm right next. I'm just week. sad that we only have two episodes left this season. Yeah, and I'm sad that uh, I don't get to see them when I go to work anymore. I do get to park next to the car, though. That's kind of cool. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, next up, let's talk about Black Lightning. And I will have you know, my mom called me this morning. And was like, "We got to talk about Black Lightning," and I was like, "What?" And so she goes on this huge rant asking me all these questions about the show 
And she's like, well, what does this mean? And how does this mean? And what does it mean that this and this mean? And I'm worried about this. And I was like, uh, Mom, I don't know the answers to any of these questions. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, well, isn't this a comic book? Can't you find this out for me? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I suppose. Do some research. <laughs> I was like, I suppose I could. Um, and then I said, Mom, if I send you a digital form of this graphic novel, would you read it on your iPad? And she was like, yes, I need to know. And I was like, <gasps> my mom has agreed to read a comic book. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That's, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, but anyway, I just had to share that aside with the rest of you guys. Well, let's now talk about the episode. And let's actually talk about some of her questions, which were um, finding out that Gamby used to be some sort of secret agent. Um and he worked with who's what's the woman's name that's the head that's above uh Tobias? I can't it's Jill Scott's the actress, but Oh, I don't know. She does apparently liposuction on dead people. <laughs> I don't think that's liposuction. <laughs> that's what it looked like. I know that's what it looks like, but I'm pretty sure that's not what it actually is. But they were apparently secret agents together and she decided to break bad and become like a gangster and they have a deal that they don't interfere with each other's stuff. So that means that Tobias is not supposed to mess with uh, Jackson or anybody in his family, yet he's breaking that. And so they had a little tete-a-tete about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cons- what do you think is going to happen when Jackson finds out that Gamby has been not working with Tobias specifically, but has a deal with Tobias's boss? No. Well, you know, it's I don't I don't think there's going to be much of it. I mean, you really just, don't. He's no, he's no, I no. do. That's a super betrayal. I mean, and you think about the fact that he's been in Jackson's life his whole life almost, and to find out that he betrayed because you have to remember Tobias killed his father. So it's not just like oh you kept some random bad guy from me. You no, the, I just I just consider it a plot point. It was just kind of like okay, well, obviously Black Lightning can't kill the big bad guy, you know, right away. Otherwise, like the show is done. So, well, not really, really because really we just found out that Tobias has powers. So a fight between them is not a given. Well, he's, he's yeah, got, he's got powers. Yeah, it's not okay. It's not a given that he's going to kill him right away. But it's like okay, we got this episode. You know, he's tracked him down. You know, he's 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 about to get out of a car and oops. Oh, I got a phone call. Oh, I have to go save my wife. You know, it's just this is one of those things. No, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about timing like that. I'm talking about I do think that he's going to be upset about the betrayal. I think it's going to be a huge thing um, because Gamby did betray him. Now, whether he, he did it to protect him, that's true, but he's still lying to him. Well, I think that I think that Gamby is going to have to play a critical role in, in trying to help train his daughter, who um, has been revealed as as having powers as well. And so I think that's I think that's how it's going to play out. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's going to happen first before they reveal. I think the betray. I take my word for it. This is a drama. They're going to play up the drama. So uh, okay. yeah, you, it's going to be a thing. Um, but yes, let's talk about the big. Thunder versus Black Lightning matchup. Uh, I think it's hilarious that the mom immediately knew that that was her daughter and he walked in the room and didn't recognize her and just started beating the crap out of her. Well, not really. I mean, it was a good fight. Like, it was a good matchup. But, I I mean, he's got way more experience. So, yeah, he wins the fight. 
Um, but that was pretty awesome. I was like, oh my god, the matchup! They're fighting! This is awesome! Yeah, uh, I thought that was great. I yeah. thought that I, I thought it was great that she went toe-to-toe with him and that it wasn't it wasn't extremely evident that she is less powerful than he is. It was just that he's been doing it longer. It was like, exactly. He, it's like he only beat her by experience, not by strength. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was cool. Yeah. I'd say thumbs up. I was, we've been waiting for, for the big reveal to happen for people to find out about her powers. And I'm so glad that it finally happened. Thumbs up for me. Black lightning is back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so next up, let's talk about Supernatural. Um, this episode, you texted me, oh my God, Castiel goes dark. And I mean, <laughs> he had a torture session. I'm not sure that he was super dark. Um, he was okay dark. I mean, no, I just mean that, no, this was like after. After he was like, he was like, I'm going to have to, it was like, Castiel, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to have to do what I have to do. And then he goes right. in there. And then, you know, you see, what is, what was his name? Donatello? Yeah. Like the, yeah. like the turtle. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> or the artist, whichever. You know, he's just kind of passed out-ish. But then that dialogue where, you know, Sam and Dean are talking to oh, him. Oh, that like, he's brain he's dead. Like, yeah. And he's like, look, you know, I had to do what I had to do. I had to be the soldier in this so that we can, you know, and we just don't have time because a war is coming and, and this is how it's going to have to be, period. Well, and also, because Donatello didn't have a soul and he'd been corrupted by the tablet, there was no going back. They, and his soul was eaten. So it's not like they could go put in somebody else's soul in him. Like, he was just done. Stick a fork in him. He's corrupted. He's too powerful. And actually, my point is, once they made him brain dead, they might as well have killed him because they need a new prophet. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't get. So oh, if he's brain dead, the... why not kill him? Yeah, they left him in the hospital. I was like, dude, he's brain dead. Let's let's pull the plug on this and get a new prophet. Right. So anyway, uh, yeah, what happened in the alternate universe was was cool too because we got to see Bobby again. Oh, I miss Bobby so much. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, and there was like hints, you know, because of course as, a, as fans, you know, we're like, oh, well maybe they could, you know, even though Bobby's dead in our universe, maybe when all this is done, you know, Bobby could cross over into ours, but well, he, I think they took care of that yeah. with some dialogue, you know, that, you know, in that universe, Bo- you know, because there is no Sam and Dean, Bobby's uh, it. Bobby is, is Bobby's it. And Bobby is pretty much what that world has. And so he has to stay there and protect and do what he can to protect those people. So, yeah. uh, so, it, you know, squashes, you know, fans, you know, trying to, you know, you know, have a alternate universe. Well, Bobby. we we could we could blow up that world and then Bobby has nowhere to go. I, I find that a viable option. I'm like, screw those guys. We need Bobby. Uh, but he does. But the thing is, this Bobby wouldn't have any relationship with the boys like he doesn't know them. So it, it, the thing that makes Bobby awesome is how parental he is to the boys because he halfway raised them and if you don't have that then the relationship doesn't really work and, right uh, but i'm wondering if uh i'm just kind of wondering you know because I, I guess as michael is trying to get jack to use his powers I and mean, i'm just kind of wondering if the more jack uses his powers is that going to make him a little lean more toward the evil side i don't think 
so. I think Jack has got a pretty decent moral compass at this point. I think they've taught him good versus evil pretty sufficiently at this point. So I'm not really worried that power, using his power is going to make him evil. I don't think so. I'm, I'm on Team Jack. I believe in him. I believe okay. in you, Jack. Okay, we will see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, let's wrap that up. Um, next up, we're going to talk magicians. I have been enjoying the heck out of the magicians this season. Yeah, me too. It's just they seem to have find they seem to have found that right balance of of Serialized. drama, yeah. comedy, and horror, for lack of a better term. And everything seems to be clicking. And the fact that they realize that Quentin kind of sucks to write for. <laughs> and it's not the actor's fault. because uh, you know, It might be the actor's fault. And it's kind of, I mean, when they make him evil, he's good. When, when he's was, a wuss, he's boring. When was he evil recently? Oh, when, when oh. they had the key. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, key, the key on the ship. Yeah, that's true. His evil self was talking to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. I just don't like him. Like evil, evil good doesn't matter. I, I don't. I don't like him. So I personally think it's the actor. Well, um, and the actor the, reminds me of a, long, a young Michael York. So I like Michael York. Me, it's like they need to do something with his hair. I'm, <laughs> I'm oh, seriously. It drives me He's constantly brushing his hair like behind his ear. Some scenes he has it back in a ponytail, but even though he has his hair back in a ponytail, they still want half of it to be covering his face. And I'm just like, what are you doing? It's like, how about just put all of his hair in a ponytail so he doesn't have to mess with it for an entire episode? Can you do that for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> he messes with his hair more than the women mess with their hair. That is so true. That's a completely true statement. Um, I thought that anytime we're dealing with um, Elliot, I'm usually a super big fan. Elliot Margo. Margo. Yeah, both of them. And then this episode was all about um, Penny, and he's fantastic. Like that moment where he's talking to the dude at the tent, and the guy's like, can I come with you? He's like, oh, yeah, I got to go get this other person. I'll circle back around you. I was like, you were such a liar. Yeah, (laughs) he is. But the guy guy knew it, though. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But I mean, that was... All of that was so great. He's like, "You're my best friend. You've come to save me." He was, and I was, I was thinking, I was racking my brain, and I was like, "Have they even had scenes together? Like, I can't even remember them being in the same room." Um, so him being so attached to Penny is just so weird, and I think Penny thought it was weird too. Oh yeah. Uh, and then I love the reveal. That, uh, what's her name's character? That was her mom in the library. Oh, what is that woman's name? Uh, Marley Matlin. Yeah, thank you. I love that reveal. That was fantastic. Uh, Is she dead? Because it looked like she was dead. I really don't want her to be dead because that was a great reveal. And now I'm totally into her character. I hope not. I mean, she's (laughs) stuck. She's definitely stuck in between worlds without a mirror bridge. Um... But I'm just like, that just means magic needs to be restored and you can go rescue her. Yep. Uh, though, I think if that could happen, her mom has magic and she'd go get her. Hmm. Go save her! I like her. All right, any other thoughts about any other thoughts about this episode? There was a lot of good stuff. It was a tale of six stories. A tale of six... Something? Six stories about magic. 
Ah, oh, thank you. Oh, you know who you know who I really felt sorry for is uh, Elliot's wife. Oh, right, she went nuts. Oh, and they were having the well, pity no, she, party. She, she's not nuts. She's, she's not, just drunk. And she's she, not nuts now. Right. But the fact that she found out that she had gotten so attached to the that girl. That other girl, right. And then found out that it wasn't her daughter. Yeah, and, and I like that conversation she, that they had where she's like, wait, you're comparing my pain to your pain? <laughs> like, she's like, no, I don't think that equates at <laughs> all. That was pretty good. Though for a moment, I couldn't figure out how she was strangely like she came in through the door and i was like because there was another girl that we had just seen and i thought it was the same person and and then i was like oh wait no you're different who are you and then i had to figure out who she was so she has Uh not stuck in my head very well just saying uh anybody else magicians Oh, how many more episodes? We we have a few more to go. Oh, yeah, next week looks like a musical. They promised us a musical because of last season when they did that little musical number and they loved it so much. So next week, apparently, the key makes everybody sing. <laughs> oh, cool. So it's a big musical number. And I was like, all right. And I know most of the cast can sing. So looking forward to it. Yay! Yeah. And, and, and and another note with regards to Sci-Fi Channel, when do we get the Expanse back? Soonish. I just saw a trailer. Not soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw an advertisement about the Expanse coming. It's like it's coming mm. soon, so it should be I'm a, I'm guessing after instead of playing them together, I think they're playing them back to back. So I think when Magician finishes, we get the Expanse. Well, I know Krypton's coming in a couple of weeks too. That's true oh, too. Yeah. yeah, I'm oh, yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic about. And that's sci-fi and not CW. Yeah. Say what? It's sci-fi and not CW. Yeah, it's well, a different I, take. I've I've heard uh, I've heard from a friend who who runs what used to be called the Krypton site, mm-hmm. which was a Smallville fan page. He's branched it out, but he's seen the first handful of episodes and was very pleasantly surprised. Okay. Wow. Well, I know the premise, and because I got to talk to those guys, so I understand. I know what it's about. But... Do you know who the big bad for season one is? Yes. Should I? Can I tell? That's... Yeah. Or should it's, I not it's, tell? It's in the. Oh, okay. It's in, it's in the. It's in the trailer. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's Brainiac. So Brainiac, it's his. He basically time travels and tries to destroy Superman. He basically is doing the Terminator, where he's in order to kill Superman, he's going back in time. To destroy his family. Oh. Uh, so that's the premise. And what's kind of cool is Adam Strange is a big part of the series, too. I don't know who that is. Adam Strange is one of DC's science fiction heroes. I still He's been don't around know. since the 50s. Okay, I was like, I still don't know who that is, but okay. <laughs> okay. I guess we'll find out who that yes, is. Yes, yes. Uh, and I like the animation. I have seen the animation of Brainiac, and it looks pretty cool. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the big scandal, how to get away with murder crossover. How to how get to... away with scandal. <laughs> and I like that moment where she goes up to the blackboard and writes it down. And I have to uh-huh. tell you, I haven't watched the last four episodes of Scandal. So I wasn't, I didn't know exactly what happened other than... The reason I stopped watching Scandal was she got so evil that I couldn't stand to look at her anymore. And apparently everybody found out like 
she was lying to everyone. She was kidnapping people. She was killing people. She was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And apparently everybody found out how underhanded she was. And so now she's on the outs. Uh, so the episode starts with everybody hating on her. And she's trying to still pretend that she has as much power as she used to. So when she meets with Annalise, she's got all this attitude and she's lying and it's just so weird. Uh, but I love that scene where they're together in the um, barbershop or hair, oh, yeah. hair place. And just the amount of just, woo, some side eye oh, yeah. and some attitude and some, like, all there was missing was a pool for them to fight into, you know. Um, oh, like Dynasty. Yeah, exactly. Classic Dynasty. <laughs> but what I, I, I for, some, for some reason, I expected them to get along. Like, it didn't even occur to me. That they would fight oh, like two, this. two alpha females. Well, and as and, and as soon as I saw them in a room together, and I was like, "Well, which one's dominant?" Oh, that's a problem. Like as soon, <laughs> as soon as I realized, except that in on Scandal, Annalise was really quiet. Like when they were in a room and and orders were being given, Annalise was just watching, but she was watching mm-hmm. her in a scary way, not like in a oh, yeah. oh I'm just going to be obedient way. It was just like. She was, like, waiting for her moment, you know, sort of way. Uh, so, yeah, it was all so good. And then when you get to How to Get Away with Murder, the only benefit of How to Get Away with Murder was that I like the cast. Like, just, they fell in better being a team effort because on Scandal, everybody has their own really wildly different jobs. So... <laughs> they weren't all going to jump on board the team and work with them. So they were, everybody was kind of off doing their own thing. So it was like, you get like five minutes of Fitz and then like a minute of Melly. And then I think they have a flash of Cyrus. So like all the people that you're used to see. Was Cyrus in it? He was in it for like, a, you blink your eyes. Oh, he was I in the, must have blinked. you know what? He was in the trailer for next week. He actually was not in the episode. That's I didn't what I think so. Yeah. He was in the well, trailer. You know, Go ahead. Um, Tony Goldwyn actually directed the episode, so oh, that okay. kind of explains why he it was Fitz Light because he's he's behind the camera. Well, and also it it wasn't about him really. It was about, but That's the thing too. the but I now I'm kind of curious like his her whole thing about I'm not going to come here and apologize to you and blah 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 blah. And I was like, what'd she do to him? So I'm almost tempted to go back and watch the couple episodes I missed. Maybe like I feel like I'm gonna watch it backwards. Like I watch the one from last Operative week. Operative word almost. I, I know it's like because I do want to know what. Like I know what she did to uh, the woman that's Melly? running OPA. Not Melly. I know what she did to Melly, and I know what she did to the woman that's the head of the OPA now. I forgot her name. Quinn. Yes. So I know what she did to Quinn. She, Quinn got kidnapped while she was pregnant because of her. Uh, so like, and I don't know what happened to the baby. I was like, is the baby dead? Is that why she's so mad? Like what happened? Um, so I know why Quinn is mad with her and wants to like ruin her. Jake has not a foot to stand on because Jake was doing the stuff. Jake with killed her. all those people. All these well, also Jake was with her, all the evil stuff she was doing. Jake was right there next to her doing it with her. So I feel like Jake doesn't have a foot to stand on. He's all like, we got to take her down. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? So I don't have time for him, but I don't know why Fitz is mad at her. Because as far as I, from where I left off, she hadn't done anything to Fitz. So it's like, huh. 
I've kind of like, well, I'll go back one episode and see what she did to Fitz. Or maybe somebody write me in and tell me, what did she do to Fitz? So I don't have to do it. Uh, but your thoughts, uh, which episode do you think was stronger, weaker? How did you feel about him? I, I thought it was a pretty cohesive crossover. The biggest problem I had is it was easier. I haven't watched Scandal oh. since it, it ran off the crazy train a couple years ago. Right. But I felt like I could, I, there was enough in there that I felt like I could, okay, Olivia's ticked everybody off. She's persona non grata. And I thought, I thought that was more self-contained. There were a couple of things in, in Murder that I'm like, what in the world is that about? Oh, because you haven't watched How to Get Over Murder either? I haven't watched it since season one. Oh yeah, you're lost. And I think I think they really <laughs> could have they could have done a better job of making it a little bit more self-contained because they kept saying so and so's in the hospital. Oh no, I feel bad. Jimmy Jimmy Smiths. She was. Jimmy, I figured it was Jimmy Smiths. Yeah. So just a really quick thing there. Jimmy Smiths was a drug addict, and he became a drug therapy therapist to help people who were also drug addicts. But Annalise. He claims that Annalise broke him because now he's back on heroin and he just OD'd. Um, oh, but yeah, it wasn't. I thought that had to do with his daughter and not Annalise. It, that's what I'm saying. It actually didn't have to do with Annalise. Annalise, all she did was make him think about something that he did. He's actually responsible for his daughter dying. And she said something to him that made him think about it and he had to confront it. And then he got high again. But Annalise didn't make him kill his daughter. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not her fault, but everybody. And then the wife, the ex-wife calling her in the middle of the case, like, you did this. I was like, no, she didn't. She didn't. Why why is everybody jumping on it? That's the thing that bothers me so much about this show is they call it. That felt felt contrived. Oh, it was. That was contrived because the ex-wife had no business doing that at all. Um, And the thing that bothers me the most about this show is it's called how to get away with murder. And she has literally murdered no one. Uh, yeah. and there has, and all the people who've done all the murdering have been her students. And yep. all she does is cover for them. And all yep. they do is blame her for murdering other people. They're like, it's your fault. And I'm like, she wasn't even there. What are you talking about? And then this season, they came up with this whole plot all on their own and ended up getting somebody almost killed. And she came in at the last hour like, what did you guys do? And so now she's trying to cover for them. And they're like, you're the reason my life sucks. I was like, she wasn't even there. Like, what are you guys doing? So that's my pet peeve with how to get away with murder. People stop blaming Annalise for stuff. She's got enough my baggage. Favorite, my favorite moment of the crossover was in, was in murder. Uh-huh. The, the scene between Cicely Tyson oh. and... Uh, Carrie Washington, Washington was, in was the bathroom. Gold. Yeah, that gold. was pretty good. All uh, of that, all of the like, just the fact that they got Cicely Tyson in the episode was fantastic. Like all of that yeah. stuff, uh, all of it was good. Oh, and my one thing that I don't like is I don't like that Michaela slept with what's his nuts. I forgot his name. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I really didn't appreciate it because her and Asher have been together for like a season and a half. And they're well, everybody pretty, knows it except for Asher. <laughs> yeah. And and they've been pretty happy. They've been a really good couple. And I've liked them together as a couple. And to do this in the crossover, to screw their relationship with a character we're never going to see again, is crazy. So I just, ugh. Why the drama? Anyway, 
Overall, I would say I really like this crossover, and it was a pe- good crossover. The people agree; it, it got plus. yeah, the people agree it got the highest ratings that either show has gotten in forever. So I would not be surprised if, for a ratings bump, they bring you know like Olivia Pope back on Murder whenever they need to quit hitting the ratings. Yeah, I can see that. Like they really played off of each other so well. Oh, yeah. like I, I could watch that all day. Uh, all right. Uh, next up. Oh, 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 oh wait, wait, okay. Second oh, favorite scene <laughs> when they had the makeup session. At makeup Olivia's session. Apartment. And oh, the, right. They were eating the popcorn, popcorn and the wine. Right. <laughs> oh, I call it my sedity snack. <laughs> <laughs> all their little comments was uh, were very specific to very cultural, specific. cultural things that uh, some folks might not get. So I really appreciate this. If you don't get it, it's not for you. Yeah, I appreciated the subtleties, and I was like, "Oh, I see what you did right there." All of that was great. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Agents of Shield, and wow, I did not see that coming. I mean, they said in the future this is the thing that's going to happen, but I didn't see it coming. I really... which, which aspect? Uh, the whole yo-yo. yo-yo. Yeah, because. I mean, we saw future Yo-Yo, and I assumed that Sakaius, uh, uh that he did that to torture her to get her to do what he wanted. Like, that was what I thought happened. Cassius. Cassius, thank you. Uh, I really thought that he did that to her. So I was caught completely off guard when this happened on the episode, and I gasped out loud. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I'm of two minds about this. I don't know that I like the trope of oh, Shield's fugitives now. Yeah, they've and been doing that for I a while. Like the That's actor a... who's chasing them, who was on the Shield, I'm blanking on the name right now, but I'm just kind of tired of this trope. Oh, the general. I was like, who's on the Shield? Yeah. Oh, you mean that? Sh- I was like, wait, what? Because both shows have Shield in it. That wasn't confusing at all. Um, oh no, no. The- the, the, I, I, um, I realize well, that, what you... That, that's the reason why they have to call this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., by the way. Because of the other show called The S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. Because of the other, because of the uh, the Michael Chiklis show. Right. Um, I think she's a great villain. Uh, the daughter, I'm not, I'm a, I'm not eh. sure about yet. Like, I'm like, eh, yeah, exactly. I'm not sure how I feel about her, and but the other actors on the show are hyping her up and saying how great she is. So I'm waiting for that to happen. Um, but I I did like um the the caretaker of the uh, the lighthouse. Oh, that's that's Joel David Moore. I don't know his name, but I thought he was great. He was he was in Avatar and a bunch of other stuff. He was in Avatar. But I really, yes. I really appreciated his characterization because it felt like those two guys were from from the same planet. Like I really believed that they were the same, whatever species. Species, and he was like, he was much more of a rebel. And I was like, really, that dude was a rebel. <laughs> like, it's like, so I actually, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so all of that, the humor there was good. I like that the guy from the future actually ended up back there because when he died, sending them back, I was like, oh, that's kind of, I was just starting to like him. So I kind of like the idea of fish out of water that he's now in the present. I think that's pretty cool. Um, all the Zima joke was kind of funny. It was, it was what kind of funny? 
the Zima joke that he gets drunk off Zima. Yeah, you said it was funny or wasn't? I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, I did if too. you've had Zima, it's not great. <laughs> well, he thought it was great, which is what I thought was so funny about it. And I was like, you mean that drink that nobody carries anymore? How that guy had a case of it under his bar? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably was trying to get rid of it. I know, right? He was like, here you go, Mr. I don't know what a beer tastes like. Um, all of that was pretty great. So, But it, it ended in a real angst-filled bit at the end, and I did really feel bad for Mac. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we know that she's going to survive, but I also think she's now 100% convinced that the future is going to happen. So she's going to take the cautions that her future self gave her way more seriously now. Um, that's my prediction. Uh, and it's also, interesting that um, go ahead. That the general is recruiting, putting together her own team to take down S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So I think we're going to see a lot of our, our villains from past seasons. Well, I together. feel like this is feeling like a big wrap-up. Like this is going to well, be the last this, season. My understanding is that they're they're constructing the season finale as the series finale. That's what it's feeling like. I feel like this is this is definitely wrapping up to be. It's moving in that direction. That is what it feels like. It's going to yeah, make me sad. True. It's going to make me sad, but it does feel like let's go to this series. But I mean, at least they have a plan. They have an exit plan. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'd rather them go into the finale thinking this is our finale and then surprise you're back that's you know i feel like they can recover from that but at least we'll have our series finale you know all right i think that's it we're saying thumbs up right oh yeah all right so if you have any questions or comments send them to tvcampfire gmail.com follow us on twitter we're on facebook you listen to us on getthepointradio.com krypton radio we novelist and itunes and we'll talk to you guys next time bye-bye bye-bye, bye-bye.